Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 20, and today I want to talk about apologies. I once wrote a blog post called Apologies, and it was really quite uh, successful. It got a lot of page views. I didn't really expect that to happen because the blog post itself wasn't all that interesting, and I wonder why people actually clicked on and read it. And I think it's the title. Apologies. What was I apologizing for? Had I done something really awful? Well, a lot of readers uh, couldn't resist the temptation to find out. So they clicked onto the title and read my post. And then they must have been very, very disappointed because, yeah, as I said, it wasn't really all that interesting. What I'd written about was, uh, I was during the April 2014 A to Z blogging challenge. Uh, we had to write one blog post every day during the month of April. So, and the first post on the 1st of April had to start, the title had to start with A. And on the 2nd of April, the blog post title had to start with B and so on. Well, somewhere along the line, I got into a big muddle and I posted the wrong letter on the wrong day. And, well, I reverted the post to a draft form, but I'm sure that that post entered people's feeds regardless of the fact I put it back into draft form, and I thought I was going to confuse everybody. So I sent out an extra post called Apologies, explaining what I had done. Not very interesting at all. And yeah, I got a lot of page views for that one, probably more than the blog posts um, in my A to Z challenge, which all goes to show how important a title is. It's not so much what you write. Well, you could write a good blog post, or you could uh, record a good podcast, but unless it's got a good title, it's not going to attract anybody. People are not going to click on and give it a go. Yep, so even the best written blog post or the best recorded podcast has to have a good title to uh, capture the interest of any readers or listeners. I've been thinking a lot about that in, with blog posts. I've been blogging for over four years now, and I enjoy writing good, catchy blog post titles. And I've discovered that if you uh, write a title that promises something, it captures people's attention quite a lot. For example, uh, one of my most popular blog posts is Getting Kids to Help with the Chores. So I guess people look at that and they think, well, that's a promise. How, how's she going to do that? Um, another one is getting kids to do their schoolwork. Or is it how to get kids to do their schoolwork? I guess that those two things are big problems for some parents and maybe they're hoping that I'll have the magic formula that will solve that problem. So they click onto my blog posts and read them. I wonder if they're sorely disappointed when they do read them. I think the blog posts are alright. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. But they're not getting, when they, my blog posts aren't traditional, uh, suggestions. There might be something a little bit out of the ordinary. Something a bit unschooly. So, maybe readers don't expect that when they click on. Maybe my thoughts are too radical for them. But, yeah, people keep coming back and reading those posts, I think, because of the titles. Now, I haven't quite got my podcast titles right yet, I don't think. I think I'm making them far too long. When I go to iTunes and have a look at the podcasts, how they're displayed, uh, especially when you view it through an iPod, not all of the title appears, just the first few words. Uh, yeah, they disappear um, off the screen. 
And so I think that the titles need to be shorter and catchier, but I haven't quite solved how to do that. It's so much easier with a blog post because when I'm writing a story, it's usually about one thing. But when I'm making a podcast, I might go from one topic to another and cover a few topics in one podcast. And when I write the title, I want to include all those topics because maybe one will capture someone's interest. And one of the other topics might capture the interest of a different person. And yeah, I haven't quite worked out yet what to do about that. But one thing I think, uh, regardless of whether it's a blog post or a podcast, I think that unusual titles do capture people's interests. They something that gives makes people think, what does that mean? What happens next? I want to know more. And they might click on and find out, to find out more. And I'm just thinking of a few of my blog post titles, which I've had a lot of fun with. There's Man Bites Shark, uh, Why I'm Wearing Stiff Undies. I, that sort of boggles the imagination, doesn't it? And another one, There's a Dead Body Near Our Running Track. All ones, I think that uh, they've been very popular, that people have thought, yeah, what does she mean by those titles? And I think I need to do more of that in my podcasts. snippet of music that I just played I also used in my last podcast but I didn't get around to mentioning where it came from and who it was composed by although I did put it in the credits afterwards. Uh, it's a piece of music, well it's just a few notes from a piece of music called By Grace uh, composed by Poddington Bear which I think is a really wonderful uh, name. The real person behind Puddington Bear is a man called Chad Crouch and he has composed near enough 500 pieces of music which he has released through Creative Commons for anybody that would like to use them in their projects like for videos or podcasting, whatever slideshows. Now if you want to use them like I do in a non-commercial project just for my free podcasts or my blog posts or videos, as long as I credit Puddington Bear, I'm free to use them. Um, but they're also available for commercial projects too. You can buy a license for a very reasonable fee for each of his pieces of music. And um, if you're interested, you can find those on Free Music Archive, but you can also find them on a site called uh, Sound of Picture. Yeah, I um, just got a few pieces, a few notes of that piece. I just chose a random few bars. I faded in and faded out. And then I inserted it between the segments of my podcast, uh, episode 19, the last one. And yeah, I don't know if it works to break up the segments, but doing a bit of research, that's what a lot of pod podcasters do between the different topics that they're talking about. Yes, instead of having one long passage of conversation. They break it up with a little bit of music. Now I seem to have gone from my apology to music and I haven't actually told you why this podcast is called Apologies. Well I've decided to call it that because it is Thursday afternoon here in Australia and usually by now I have posted my weekly podcast. I do it sometime on Thursday. 
I usually record my podcast two or three days ahead of time because this gives me time to write the program notes, get the, the associated blog post sorted out, and then on Thursdays sometime, I publish both the podcast and the blog post. But this week I don't have a, po- a podcast to publish. Uh, we've been away for a few days, and so I haven't had any time to think about podcasting, make my podcast or my blog post. So I'm sitting here apologizing. Yeah, we went away to Janolan Caves, which is in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney for three days. Just a mini holiday. My husband Andy and our four youngest girls all packed up and went away for a few days. But yeah, we had a wonderful time. It was a last minute decision to go. I think it was about a week ago that I suddenly had this idea that I'd like to go away for just a, just a few days, have a mini holiday. I think the fact that our long summer break is coming to an end. My husband Andy, who's a school teacher, he goes back to work uh, next Tuesday. And I felt like the days were running out and perhaps we ought to do something special to round off our summer holiday. So I got on the internet uh, maybe Wednesday or Thursday of last week and did some research. And then I suddenly thought of Janolan Caves. Uh, it's, yeah, west of Sydney, you go out all the way along the Blue Mountains. And there's a, well, there's ten show caves that can be visited. They're limestone caves, very spectacular. They're world famous. They're certainly the um, most spectacular caves that Australia has. And we've never visited them. And I thought, well, I just did a bit of checking. And if it pours down with rain, it doesn't affect uh, viewing of the caves. Underground, the temperature at Janolan is always 15 degrees, regardless of whether it's hot outside or whether it's snowing, because that area of Australia does get snow. And, yeah, so we thought, well, we could go to Janolan. So we packed up very early on Monday morning, the four girls, Andy and I, and headed off. West. Got to Janolan about mid-morning. It took us about three hours drive to get there. There should have been some spectacular scenery along the way because we drove through the Blue Mountains, but unfortunately it was raining and or drizzling as we were going through and the fog was very, very thick, so thick that it was a bit dangerous to drive and we passed through most of the mountains without, without actually seeing anything. And we got down, yeah, found ourselves at the top of a very steep and winding and narrow road which leads into the caves. Got down to the bottom of it and as you come in, the road disappears through a cave. It's a bit disconcerting because there's lots of people standing in the cave looking at things and we drove towards the people and they slowly got out of our way. But it didn't seem quite right to drive through a cave. And I began to think, oh, are we doing the right thing here? Are we allowed to drive through this cave? Um, but it didn't seem to be anywhere else to go. So we continued on, drove through it, and yeah, it was the right way. The road continued on. And we found a car park and parked the car and we were there. Now, I think that that's the only cave that has a road going through it in, in the world. And so it was really rather remarkable. We, but we were in for a lot of uh, treats over our three days. The caves were remarkable in every way. Absolutely spectacular. As I've said, they're limestone caves. In, the indigenous people have had associations with the cave 
for much, much longer than than the Europeans have. But they were discovered by Europeans for the first time in 1838. And in the early days, during the exploration of the caves, the explorers used ropes and candlelight to explore by, which is totally different from today. These days, the caves are lit by electrical lighting. And there's a series of stairs and walkways through each of the sh、uh, show caves. There's a lot of caves that haven't actually been open to the public, but yes, there are ten that are very accessible. There's an awful lot of stairs in them, though. Some of them, yeah, I rediscovered the reason why we have been running up and down hills for the last three years. Uh, it's been good practice for going to Janolan Caves. Oh, we went up thousands of steps over the three days, and of course down again and up again. And I think that if we hadn't been used to hills, our legs would have ached so much each evening. As it was, we coped really quite well, but we we were really tired at the end of each day because、uh, exploring caves is hard work. Now we explored five caves while we were there. Uh, five out of the ten, we couldn't afford to visit all of the caves because some of them are very expensive to tour because they will only take eight people at a time, which puts the price up. And with a family、um, such as ours, we had six people that went. Fifty dollars almost for each person. It soon adds up. We were quite content with the five that we saw. Now, the most visited cave of Atchinolan is the Lucas Cave. And it has a very, very high chamber called the cathedral. There's rock formations that look like the pulpit and a baptismal font, a cross on the wall, the belfry, and this chamber has been used for concerts.、Uh, it's、um, beautiful. It's got beautiful acoustics. It's also been used as a wedding venue. I can't remember how many stairs we went, had to climb to get into the cave, but it was in the region of hundreds. And I can just imagine a bride in her long white dress, and if it had a train on the back, how difficult it would be to、uh, walk up all those stairs into the Lucas Cave Cathedral. But apparently, brides do do that. One of the guides told me that one of the brides he saw. She got a shower curtain and she cut two holes in the shower curtain for her legs, stepped into it, and then used the shower curtain to enclose her dress, lifted it up,、uh, keep the dress away from her feet, away from the floor, so that it stayed clean and she didn't get it caught up in her feet as she was climbing into the cave. But yes, a very unusual place to get married. Now the caves, as I said, were very spectacular. They're Uh, because they're limestone caves, there were lots of stalagmites, stalactites, halactites, shawls, flow rock, and lots of other formation limestone formations that I don't know the names of. And many of them have been given names. Some of the names were given by the explorers who found the caves. They used to name a particular rocks or stalagmites formations. To give them some sort of、uh, indication of where they were, so they wouldn't get lost. So, like a map of, of the cave. I think that the explorers or cavers have really wonderful imaginations because standing there,、uh, at first you can't see why something is called a particular name, but it,、uh, once it's pointed out, you can actually see the eagle or the twelve apostles or the brides. 
bouquet or the bride's veil or whatever it is that the guide is telling us about. Now, as well as exploring caves, we had the opportunity to explore some of the the walks around Janolan Caves. Uh, the rain, it rained all day Monday and it drizzled uh, for the first part of Tuesday, but then it dried up and even though we had cooler temperatures and cloud, uh, we were able to go for some walks. Actually, it was quite good walking weather. And so we went through the bush and we did a lot of climbing and the views were spectacular. Looking down on the archways on the Blue Lake, which is a man-made lake next to Janolan Caves. Um, absolutely stunning. I was reading that uh, the caves have been described as a very spiritual place. I know that the indigenous people have their own uh, creation stories, their own uh, spirit stories associated with Janolan Caves, but for us um, who are not of Aboriginal descent, I also think it's a very spiritual place in the fact that um, you get a very good sense of wonder there. Uh, sometimes we can forget to look around and see the beauty in our world, and this was so spectacular that we didn't even have to try. It was just beautiful. Yeah, we live in a beautiful world, and it was so quiet and peaceful there. There was a lot of tourists, but uh, that didn't ma matter. Um, it wasn't overcrowded, and there were lots of times where we could go off down a bush track and be by ourselves or the caves themselves just were very oh, like like cathedrals even though there were people inside them people didn't talk much we just stood in silence and gazed in awe at everything we saw. Janolan Caves is also quite a remote place. Uh, the nearest uh, petrol station we discovered was an hour and a half a round trip from Janolan because we needed to get petrol and milk and we hadn't brought them with us or hadn't brought we brought the petrol with us but we didn't think we had enough petrol for to keep going up and down between the caves and out the place we were staying which was eight kilometers outside Janolan uh, for our three days so we took a trip into Oberon um, a nearby town well nearby town it took us an hour and a half to get there and back so I guess that was nearby but yeah it's a fairly isolated place not much there at all um, they didn't even have the internet <laughs> and you could use the phone uh, mobile phone coverage at the caves but the place the cabin we were staying at didn't have any coverage whatsoever and that was really good it was like having a real break from the hustle and the bustle of everyday life even if we don't go out anywhere during the week, there's always the computer, the internet, things going on. And so it was good just to have a few quiet days and time to think, time to spend with family without any distractions around us. Now we all want to go back to Janolan someday. We want to see some of the, the other caves, there's the River Cave and a few other caves that, the more expensive ones, we've decided, well, perhaps we could save up a bit and... Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to afford it, but it would be nice to go back. The girls also want to do some of the adventure caving, where they abseil you down through uh, a cave, and then you do, you've got safety gear on and helmets, and you do a bit of crawling through narrow gaps, and yeah, you get off the, off the walkways and onto real cave floors. And they like the sound of that, that sounds very adventurous. I don't know if I, want to do that myself but I probably would do it if uh, the girls wanted me to do it with them so yeah we'd like to go back to Janolan one day and if you ever get a chance to go 
I mean, some of you might be halfway around the world, but I think Janolan Caves is well worth a visit. So you could uh, hop on a plane, come over here and experience some of our beautiful countryside and our caves. Because I think the countryside around Janolan was just as spectacular as what we saw underground. They both complemented each other perfectly. A wonderful place to visit. So if you ever get the chance, come to Janolan. Make sure you're fit too. So um, good excuse to get fit, do a bit of running so that you can cope with all those stairs. Now, while we were at Janolan, Sophie and I had a wonderful opportunity to do some photography. We had an experiment with all the scenery. We got up high and took some photos of the views. But the most challenging photography was actually the cave photography. We'd never been underground before with our camp. Well, we'd never been underground before, <laughs> and especially not with a camera. And we did a bit of experimenting, and all our not all our photos turned out. But I was quite pleased to get some good photos, considering we'd never done this before, and we were working in very low light conditions, and we didn't actually use our flash. So. Yeah, it was, it was good fun experimenting and then coming home last night and uploading them to our computers and having a look to see if anything actually turned out and then looking at them and saying, oh wow, look, I remember that. That's the broken column and that's in the Lucas Cave and that's in the Orient Cave. Photography is good. We come home and relive our adventure. And while we were at Janolan, we went to the souvenir store and I bought an ebook all about the caves. And I'm going to put that ebook on our Kindles and our tablets and our computers because it's got different files on it. It's also got a photo gallery. And we're going to be doing some more reading about Janolan. And I think this is uh, one very good way of learning that you get your imagination gets captured by something like a field trip to Janolan. We come home and we want to know more. I want to know about all those early explorers. Yeah, they're only less than 200 years in the past. Uh, I can almost reach out and touch them, that their history. They're just, it's just so fascinating to hear all their stories. And I think that we learn very well through stories, not through getting a chemical chemistry textbook and learning all the formulas and how, about limestone and how the water, carbon dioxide dissolves in the water. Uh, that's one way of learning it, I suppose. But so much more fascinating to hear all the stories about the explorers and to see uh, chemistry in action and then come home and want to know more about it. How does that stalagmite uh, form? Uh, how does that flow rock form? You know, what happens in, in these conditions? Uh, how did they discover the caves? All this, this type of thing. And yeah, why is their lake blue? And so we're, our heads are buzzing. We've got learned so much over the past three days and we want to know more. I think that if we went somewhere once a term and then came home, uh, we would naturally learn so much from the stimulus of going somewhere and uh, having this really interesting experience. We'll probably be learning about caves for quite some time now, I think. We're, yeah, it's, it's our latest passion. I should apologize for the fact that I have no podcast, but looking at my computer screen here, I can see that I've been talking here for quite some time. I've got enough uh, conversation here to make a podcast, so really there's no need to make an apology because I might have a podcast up by the end of the day. After all, if I get editing really fast and I use last uh, week's bumpers and I don't have to make any more, 
I could actually have a podcast, but I think I ought to make an apology anyway because people will click on, maybe click on expecting an apology. A podcast all about apologies, and it's not exactly about that. It's more about Janelle and Caves. But maybe in the process of people clicking on, because I have given my podcast that title, and people might say, "Oh, I really want to know what did she do wrong? Uh, did she make some huge mistake? I must find out." And maybe by clicking on and listening, those people might discover a real treasure. And that's not my podcast, of course. That's unschooling.、Uh, a real treasure. A, a wonderful way of life. And I'm hoping that、um, people will discover that. Shelf. I just want to say that I made a new video last week. It featured that piece,、uh, another piece of music by Puddington Bear. I think it was called Growly Snake by、uh, Growly Snake Beat, and it was really an ad for this my podcasts. Just let people know what I'm doing with my podcast. I had a great, a lot of great fun making it. I found the Puddington Bear music and decided, oh well,、wow, I, I want to use some of this music. What shall I make a video about? And that idea came into my head, and that's what I did. And then I published my video on YouTube, and then I got into a dispute with YouTube over copyright.、Um, I must say, this is the first time I've、uh, disputed copyright with YouTube. There were two videos that I was disputing. One was a,、uh, a beach video I'd made ages ago with a piece of music by Mike Bell, and I bought a CD、uh, that was called something like "Music for Videos and Slideshows." And I'd used a piece of this music on my video, and then uploaded it to YouTube, not expecting any problems. And then YouTube uh, they uh, disputed it with me, and I pointed out that I bought the music, and as it was ent、uh, entitled, title again,、uh, music for videos. I assumed that I could use it for my video, and it's only a personal video. Anyway, they let me have that one.、Uh, that's not disputed anymore. I'm allowed to keep that one. But the one with Puddington Bear. Uh, they didn't grant me that one. I'm breaking copyright apparently, even though Paddington Bear himself says that I can use the music.、Uh, the distributing company, I think it's called Red Eye, they're the ones that are making、uh, complaints about people using the music on YouTube. But Paddington Bear himself says, "Go ahead, keep using the music. It doesn't matter.、Um, you're not going to get into trouble for it." So. My podcast,、um, sorry, my video that I made about my podcasts, which is called "Lots of Unschooling Questions," is still on YouTube. It's still there, and you can still、uh, watch it if you'd like to. And I'll keep it there until somebody really complains, and then I'll point out that Paddington Bear said that I could use his music, and hope that's okay. Well, I'm coming to the end of my podcast for today. I'd just like to thank you for listening, and. To tell you that I'm putting some program notes on my blog, stories of an unschooling family. If you'd like to visit and read them, please feel free. And also, what else? iTunes. You can subscribe to my podcast through iTunes, and I want to thank everybody that has already done that. That's really quite amazing. And I have a Facebook page, Sue Elvis writes. And if you'd like to go over to Facebook and join my Facebook community, please do. And I'll be back with. Another podcast next week. So, thank you so much for listening to my podcast、um, about apologies. And until next week, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.